If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Better with Dr. Erica, hosted by Dr. Erica, provides support and guidance in navigating stress-related challenges to transform your relationship to self-care. Each episode arms you with the tools needed to be better, do better, and live better. There was an incredible episode that you should check out called Touch and Connections as Tools for Healing and Better Mental Health. In this episode, her guest breaks down ways to use physical touch as a form of healing for trauma and grief. Check out Better with Dr. Erica on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. I'm Dr. Tara, and this is Hopeful Hints, a podcast where you'll receive quick, hopeful hints on all things women's health and infertility. Here, you will find education, inspiration, and most importantly, find peace and empowerment as you walk through the next steps in your healthcare journey. Welcome to Hopeful Hints. I am your host, Dr. Tara Bradner, and I'm so excited to share another one of our episodes in our new series featuring amazing patients of mine. Today's guest is Kelsey Nisbet. She is a wife, a mother of five, three babies are in heaven and two are earthside. She's a teacher and she's an advocate for women's health and fertility. So thank you so much, Kelsey, for being here today with us. Yes, thank you for having me. We are going to dive into your story and I think your story is so powerful. Your message and takeaway is so powerful for women. So let's get started. Start with where your journey in in your health essentially started. How old were you and what did that look like? Yes. So I got my period at a very young age, nine, which I feel like is happening more and more with young women, unfortunately. But I had very painful periods to the point where I wouldn't even go to school. And I know the first thing that the medical field prescribed, of course, was birth control. Birth control was the biggest thing that they did to fix it. No other tests were run. They just put me on birth control, which, as you know, and a lot of women are aware of, it actually causes more problems down the road. So fast forward, you know, about 12 years, I got pregnant. It was not an intentional pregnancy, but I... That was my first miscarriage, you know, and at the time I was 21, didn't think much of it was, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but relieved because it was not a planned pregnancy. Okay. So then, but I still felt a sense of loss and I struggled with it and I didn't deal with it properly. That's a whole other topic, but it came back to years later where I was not dealing with that. Long story short, then I got married. We started having, or we started talking about having a family. We tried for a family. I got pregnant actually within a couple of months and had a successful pregnancy, a successful birth with my son, who is now five and a half. Then a couple of years later, we decided, hey, let's start for another kiddo. Didn't think that we'd have any issues, got pregnant right away. First time we tried. And then that ended in a miscarriage, unfortunately. When I lost the baby, I was in a very, very fragile state mentally, along with physically, but I was, it it took a toll on me, my mental health, and I was very depressed. Postpartum depression was real, and I don't think this is addressed enough where it's talked about, about the postpartum depression after a miscarriage or after a loss. Yes, we talk about postpartum depression after the birth of a baby, but 
you have it when you ha experience a loss as well. And I called my doctor's office and they were like, oh, we'll prescribe you antidepressant. That's not what I needed. And what they basically told me is like, oh, yes, that's normal because your body still thinks it's pregnant and it's fighting for this pregnancy. Also not helpful. So the biggest thing that they wanted me to do was start on more pills. Did not help the root cause of this, right? And I, I should have mentioned too, I had silent miscarriages. My, my first miscarriage, I, it was a natural miscarriage, but my second one was a silent one. So I went in because I started bleeding. They couldn't find a heartbeat, but it was early enough where I was six weeks where they're like, let's come back a week. So I had a week where I had no idea what was going to happen. Was this baby alive? Was it not? Had to go in, went in for DNC. And the whole process of going in for surgery and stuff is traumatic as well. So that was my second miscarriage where I had a DNC. I had actually it was two weeks because I had a week where they checked me and then they checked again. And then I didn't have the DNC for the following week. So I had a very, I, I, which I think contributed to my postpartum depression as well, because the unknown of is this baby alive or is it not? It was, it was horrible on my emotion, but not a lot of support as far as the postpartum depression after a loss. Because that is very real and it is something that I think a lot of women suffer with. So fast forward again, a couple, about a year later, we got pregnant again. And this time it was during COVID, unfortunately. So I was home. I thought everything, you know, going well, went in for my 10-week ultrasound, hear the heartbeat, and there was no heartbeat. So then I was a silent miscarriage again. So I had to have another DNC. Uh, and this was a really horrible experience as well. <laughs> take, take your mental health in, in a place here, but they wouldn't let my husband come with me for the procedure. You know, at the time, of course, yes, there was limitations, but, you know, they were letting husbands come in for the birth of babies. But for my, I'm sorry, but the, the death of my little baby, because 10 weeks old, they would not let him come away. So I had to go through the DNC alone, <laughs> which was horrible in itself to go through a DNC and another loss. But then having to experience this all on my own was very hard. I should mention both times I went into the doctors to find out that the babies were gone. I was alone. So this was a huge just burden that I had on my heart alone that I felt like I shared alone. And I know a lot of women can probably relate to this, but I had a lot of resentment towards my husband even during this time because I felt like it's my body. I'm going through all of this. And, you know, it was easy for him to just be like, oh, OK, let's try again and move on. It's so different for women and what they go through physically, emotionally, mentally. It's because you blame yourself, of course, as well, which I did that a lot. I did the blame game. Um, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? I did this before. What is what's happening? It's always always my fault which is not fair that we do that to ourselves because it's not like we have enough pressures. We don't have enough pressures going on. You know, I was working full time, had a, I had a child that I was trying to be a mom to, and I felt like he was falling short because mentally I was just not there. Trying to be a wife and just do all the things, it was affecting every aspect of my life. I felt like I was, I was going through the motions, but I wasn't doing anything super well. And touching on where I was at with the medical field during all of this, I had no answers. I sent in a Nora testing after both my miscarriages with my husband and they had no answers for me. Nothing, you know, but why was this happening? I had a successful baby pregnancy and then all of a sudden 
I had two miscarriages and they couldn't explain to me why. I had countless tests done. I had genetic testing done, a ton of blood work, a ton of things, but I nothing was ever said of what they thought was causing these. So again, fast forward again, a few, you know, like I, I gave myself some time this time to kind of heal. We tried again and I couldn't get pregnant. Now, not only was I, you know, I suffered these miscarriages, but now I couldn't get pregnant. So I delved into the, the realm of finding more natural approaches and people that I could trust and be a part of my team that weren't my OB. Like I found out that the answer was just not my OB doctor. Like that was not what I needed. And I was well beyond that point. So I started searching elsewhere. And that's where I found Tara as well, which has been an amazing, amazing experience. And I can't express how much support and how much she has helped me through this whole process. And everyone and anyone that I talk to that has issues, I'm like, hey, I got somebody for you immediately. So I've sent some people her way already. I can't express enough how much it's important to have people that get it and that are on your side and somebody that you can just talk to. And that's what Tara not only is very knowledgeable in what she did and what she how she helped me like order tests. I mean, I thought I had a lot of tests done. And then I talked to Tara and she was like, oh, no, we're going to get to some tests. And then she's actually the one that found out that I had endometriosis. Nobody had ever mentioned that word to me in my entire life. And I think I've had it my entire life, but nobody had mentioned endometriosis to me. I've heard of that word before. I didn't know what it meant, but Tara's the one that figured out that I had it. And that was probably the ultimate cause of these miscarriages and infertility and all of the other, you know, I had heavy periods. I had painful periods. Yes. Endometriosis. Hello. No doctor ever mentioned that to me prior to me being Tara. And that, you know, she set me up with different ways on how to track my fertility, like what to do. So I, I felt like I was doing things and moving forward. Before that, I felt so stuck. Like I wasn't moving forward. Nobody was really listening to me and what I needed and how to help me because, I mean, I was in my mid-30s. I was healthy. There was no reason that I couldn't hold a pregnancy. And I had done it before. I knew my baby. I knew I, knew I had a baby, healthy baby. I knew my body could do it. Why wasn't it working? But yet I felt like I was getting no support and no answers, which our medical, you know, our whole medical community falls short. So unfortunately, I had to really fight to get the support I needed. But luckily, I found it as well. So and happy ending here. I know this is getting lengthy, but I did get pregnant. And with the help of Tara, we, we actually were going to do some endometriosis treatment plan. But I said, OK, we're going to give it one more shot. So I tried one more time the last month before I was going to start the endometriosis treatment and I got pregnant and this pregnancy took. But I also had support, especially through Tara throughout the whole pregnancy and others that I closely monitored it and was very diligent about the different supports, both medically and natural that I had throughout the pregnancy. And I gave birth to a little girl at the end of January. She's healthy. She's been a happy, just beautiful, very wonderful light at our in our lives at the end of a, of a very dark time. So it's I've gone through many ups and downs, but also feel like this is something that needs to be talked about and that I want to support women as much as I can, because a lot of what I went through, I felt like I went through alone. And that's not the way it should be. 
Thank you so much, Kels, for sharing that. Like your story is just one that I will never forget. Let's go back and talk about mental health. What are some things that you did before? Let's just say, even if it's like, it sounds like just medications, like they would just continually up and change your medications. Do you feel as medications were working? And what are some other perhaps medications or cares that you implemented in your new phase of your healthcare when you started listening to your body and advocating and building your healthcare team that kind of changed that for you? Yes, great question. And I love how you said listen to your body because I think that is so important that we listen to ourselves. We know our bodies best and doctors and, you know, can prescribe as many things as they want, but is it right for you? I mean, if you really sit down and listen, which I finally did, but it took me years to even accept or give myself permission, I should say, give myself permission to do that. So I have been on, I was on anti-anxiety meds in the past, but what really helped me through this and get through this was, well, number one, I needed to lower my stress, right? Because like, as I said before, number one thing that we do as women is I feel like we blame ourselves when we're going through something like this. And it's not your fault. And I hope women can realize that it took me a long time to realize this is not my fault. This is just the journey I'm on. But I have I've talked to counselors, which sometimes helped, which is huge. EMDR has helped me through, which if you don't know what EMDR is, it just works with your brain to uncast traumas. But it's a super cool technique that helped me deal with the losses because I didn't deal with them. You know, as a society, I think we go through these emotional and traumatic things and we shove them down and then they come back. They don't go away. And that's what happened to me. So the EMDR really helped me release those. I did body work a lot to just relax. And one thing that was huge, a natural approach is doing hypnotherapy. Huge. (laughs) And I know Tara's gone through that as well. She's the one that actually recommended it. So in it, and I have to say like, that was a huge, huge benefit because, and I'm sure I know Tara's talked about Natalia before, but uh, shout out Natalia. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) For me, for you, for so many patients, so many friends in my life too. And she does such amazing work. With women specifically. Oh, for women. And yes, for specifically like infertility stuff. And like, it's amazing what she can do. So I would highly recommend her as well to be part of your team. But also just seeing like naturopaths. I mean, give a shout out to Leslie Link. Like, I mean, she's been huge for me. And just working with people that are actually going to try to find out what's really going on at the core and not treat your symptoms. Yeah, you can treat symptoms all day long. Is that going to, it's not going to get you anywhere. And that's what's so huge. And I just, I really hope that women can truly listen to themselves and not only what they need, you know, physically to get them to be pregnant, but mentally, are you doing okay? Because that's something that we don't address enough. I completely agree. And I think you brought up another good point in regards to loss and miscarriage. And I talk about this a lot with my patients. Oh, it was just a chemical. And I despise the word chemical. I don't care if you saw a pregnancy test and a day or two later had a loss. Like that is a pregnancy that induces a whole cycle of hormones and emotions and feelings and thoughts that come to surface. And they deserve to be addressed, acknowledged, 
grieving, like to go through the grieving process. It looks different for everybody. It may look different from your first time to your second time to your third time, but to not be like suppressing that. And like you brought up the partner aspect as well and ways that they can support women as well going through this is just by simply acknowledging that they are going to handle this different, but how you are dealing with it, how you are grieving and working through it is fair. It is worthy. And they should just ask, how can I support you? What can I do for you? How are you doing? Simple things like that go a long way when it comes to a partner being involved as well. Let's dive into your three hopeful hints for women. So your first one is advocating for yourself. Share more. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's something that I feel like as a society, we're just trained to go to the doctor, listen to your doctor and, you know, what they say goes and then you go on. But sometimes that's and more. I shouldn't even say sometimes it's not enough, (laughs) especially when you're doing dealing with something like infertility, miscarriages, infant loss, like whatever it is, whatever you're going through. If you're going through endometriosis, if you're just going through menopause, I don't care what it is. Every aspect of women's health you need to be heard and you need to feel like they're listening, not just that you're speaking to them, but that they are actually hearing you. Advocating for yourself is so important no matter what aspect of life I feel like you're going through. Obviously, they're, the medical healthcare professions, professionals and the whole system is wonderful to have, but sometimes we fall short in the fact that, and they're busy too, which I mean, I get it, but I feel like you have to advocate for yourself because you know yourself best And sometimes you have to make sure that you are being heard. So going into the doctor and not just, you know, getting the treating the symptoms, like I I know we kind of talked about that before, but really getting to the root cause. Don't give up on yourself. Listen to yourself. Listen to your body, your mental state, all of these things emotionally. How are you doing? And you need to really put that all together and And it's unfortunate, but we have to fight for ourselves, fight for yourself and what you need. If you need mental health help, advocate that for yourself. Who can you go to? Because there's a lot of people out there that help with these different areas. But unfortunately, sometimes going to your medical doctor, you don't get those type of supports. So keep advocating for yourself. Reach out to different people like Tara like Natalia, like these are all different people that are going to be part of that team for you. And that will keep advocating for you. But advocating for yourself is so important. Never to lose your voice. I think that is so important because as I was going through this, there was many times where I felt like I wanted to give up or I felt so defeated, but I I didn't. And I kept fighting and I kept going to more doctors and getting more opinions because I was like, something isn't right here. And I wasn't satisfied until I got it. So do not give up. I love that. I, it's like, drop the mic. Need we say more? Like, I don't care if it's your third, fourth, fifth provider. I always tell patients to, like, you hire and fire us in the medical field. Like, do not feel like you are attached, married, or tied to us. I don't care if we did you good the first time and now you don't feel like you're being heard the second or third time around. You need to respect what you are currently working through and moving through, then find somebody who listens to you. Number two, let's roll into building your team. Let's talk more about how you built your healthcare team and how that changes. Yes, I think that is so very important as you're going through this journey, any healthcare journey, really, but especially with 
dealing with loss and fertility, all of these things, you have to have people on your team that, first of all, support and trust that, that support you and that you trust that are going to listen to you, making sure that you have a healthcare team that is not just going to be for your physical health, but you have a healthcare team that's also going to focus on your mental health, that you know, you have every aspect covered. It's easy to run lab tests, right? But does that mean your mental health is in a good place? Absolutely not. You know, you, and this goes back again, like, you know, your body best, but just really trusting people and reaching out when you need it. And when you feel you need it, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever that is, but having people that you really know will back you up and be there. You know, I like, for example, Tara, I'm shouting you out because there was times where I was super stressed and I would call or text you like I would have a bad appointment and I would just I was like, oh, I, I, I need I need to talk to somebody about this that gets it, that is knowledgeable and that is going to help me through this. And so I would just straight up text you or call you most of the time text you and you'd be like, just call me because you knew where I was at <laughs> and having something like that. I can't um, hone in enough how important that is because before I didn't feel like I had anyone. I mean, I would call like my mom or my husband, but I, it was just so important to have somebody that understood it on the medical terms, along with like the whole picture of what you're going through and to really, you know, support and listen and hear what you had to say in that moment. I think that's one unique, I was gonna say, that's one unique thing about my practice and other providers don't understand is I make myself available. I give you time. I have methods and tools in place that allow my patients to have access to me. And that's because I needed it. I saw that in my own healthcare journey and fertility journey. But it's it's a great tool that I've built into my practice is just to be like, hey, if you have a question, I need you to reach out and ask. If you need a buddy or someone to talk to or a friend who gets it and some medical information knowledge, I'm your person. Like, do not hesitate to reach out. So I'm glad you you shared that and your experience with that, too, because it is a very unique tool that I have built into my practice because it's needed. It is so important. And you saw that. Absolutely. All right. Hopeful hint number three. No, it's okay to not be okay and to ask for help. Yes. So I think this is very important to, this kind of goes again with like, you know, knowing yourself best, but it took me a really long time to really admit that I was not doing okay. You know, because there were so many distractions. I, I was working and I was still running households, still being a mom, still being a wife, still trying to have a social life and still yet giving myself that you know, self-care, like, but you can't do it all, especially when you're going through something as big as, you know, infertility, loss, like whatever it might be, but add that on top of everything else that we are projected to do in this, in society right now, it's, it's, you can't do it. It's unattainable. And at some point, especially for me, I broke. And I just, if I would have, I think, realized that or asked for help sooner, maybe I wouldn't have broke so hard, but I just, I hope other women know that it's okay to say you are not okay and to really ask for help and know that, you know, you're not expected to do everything and every aspect of your life does not have to be perfect because I thought that for a long time where I felt like every aspect of my life had to be perfect. And, you know, I had this mental image in my mind that I was going to have these kids and they were going to be, you know, three years apart and I was 
going to, you know, be successful in my career and yet be a great mom and spend time with my husband and yet and have a social life. Like I couldn't do it all. I couldn't. And I had to let go of that, especially the time, the time frame that I projected on myself. Cause all I was doing is I was being harder on myself. And we do that to ourselves as women all the time, especially, you know, if you're experiencing loss or you, you can't get pregnant and you feel like, well, I'm such and such an age or whatever it might be. And you're putting all this pressure on yourself that this should be happening now, or I should be able to do this. Um, somebody told me once, quit shooting yourself. And I was like, yes, because I, I say like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And it was just like, stop, stop. No, you don't have like this is I and it took me a long time to let that go. But don't expect so much out of yourself and give yourself some grace. I think that that is so important to understand. And when you need help, whoever it might be, find that one person, if it's Tara, even or if it's a good friend, if it's your significant other, whoever it might be, find that person that you can say, I'm not okay right now and I need help. And whatever you need help with at that moment, do it for yourself. Because if you keep shoving things in, it's just going to get so much worse in the long run. And I had to, I really had to experience this the hard way until I found out that, you know, I'm not okay. And what can I do for myself? Then I had to back up. What can I really do for myself now so I can move forward and be positive and be okay with me because at the time I wasn't and I was too ashamed to ask for help because I felt like oh these miscarriages happened a year ago I should be over it or that's like what I felt like society or even my some of my friends and family sometimes even my husband I got that from him like um you know this happened a while ago I should be over it by now but sometimes I wasn't okay it hit me where you know I would be working or doing whatever and all of a sudden I would just start crying and it was like I because I was still hurting and I, I hadn't processed the way I should have. And it's and, and it's okay to feel those things. It's okay to go through those and grieve because it was a loss. And I just, I hope women really understand that it's okay to not be okay sometimes. I think that is such a beautiful message for us to end on. And especially because nowadays women in society, we are putting so much on our plate. We're taking care of everybody else first before ourselves. And that's one thing I really like to focus on is where can we do more to take care of ourselves? And that's myself included. It's been a really big wake up message in the last six months of my own life and my own health journey. And just to stop giving so much to others sometimes. And it's okay to not get that to-do list complete by the end of the week. And to just really find services, support, friends, family, whatever that may look like to take care of you and hit pause on other things in your life. Kelsey, I just want to thank you so much for being willing to share. I know women are going to relate to you and connect with you. So thank you so much again for being on Hopeful Hints. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And I can't just another shout out to you, Tara, on what you do and how amazing you are. So thank you. Thank you for that. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over and hit subscribe or leave a review for Hopeful Hints and Infertility Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you back here next week, Tuesday. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Better with Dr. Erica, hosted by Dr. Erica, provides support and guidance in navigating stress-related challenges to transform your relationship to self-care. 
Each episode arms you with the tools needed to be better, do better, and live better. There was an incredible episode that you should check out called Touch and Connections as Tools for Healing and Better Mental Health. In this episode, her guest breaks down ways to use physical touch as a form of healing for trauma and grief. Check out Better with Dr. Erica on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.